Wait, what? Wait, what? We're on. We're live. Finally. Hey, you. <laughs> hey, me. <laughs> hey, you. Oh, man. Sorry about that. What a busy, what a busy interesting evening. Mm, you can tell us all about it. Well, we will definitely talk about it. That's for sure. Um, you sound like you're just stretching for from a long nap. No, I've been. Uh, I cooked some dinner. I was playing a little bit of my game, then I stopped because uh, I was like, "All right, boys, gotta go podcast." And now I've been scrolling TikTok, waiting on my partner in crime. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh yeah, you're there. Okay. Yep, I'm oh, here. Gotcha. The TikTokness. Um, I can't yeah. promise that. I can't promise that I won't like. I have my phone on do do not disturb, but um, I'm just getting media. I'm getting sources. I'm getting all kind of information that is coming to me at a very rapid speed uh, due to the developments of the day. And we will talk about all that later. But uh, first off, like I didn't see you this week. Unlike last week, when I felt like I saw you every day, um, I didn't see you at all last week. So, how was your week? What's going on? Um, uh, my week was fine. You know, watched a little bit of football over the weekend. Um, the most boring possible result happened, but that's fine. Um, I mean, it just is like just be real. It is, but it's cool. <laughs> um, uh. My week was pretty all right. My dad was with me most of last week. He ended up leaving on, gosh, when did he? Monday. Yeah, so he left yesterday. Okay. I was wondering if he was still there. Yeah, yeah. So I had the house back to myself. Finally got to be loud and weird again with the cats, you know. (laughs) I am a strange individual, especially when I have my space to myself. Um, There are no bounds to it. Um, trying to think of what else. Um, talking a lot with a friend who is currently um involved with the situation at the border. Um, more of that to come in the millennial moment. Um, and I might be cooking up a special little. A little, you guys won't understand just yet, but Courtney will. But I might be Arizona-ing somebody as we speak. Uh-oh. And it's been happening for about a week now. And the Arizona-ing continues um, until Uh-oh. I've decided that I have enough. Uh-oh, somebody getting arizona <laughs> Until I decide that I have enough information. And in which then... It will be released to the public. But until then, it's been a pretty relaxed week. What about yourself? Not to the public. Oh my goodness. Oh, straight to the public. Well, I, I'm I'm interested because I know what Arizona means. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. have, you have piqued my curiosity. That yeah. is for certain. Um, my week was okay. Um, you know, did the football thing, did the secret shopper thing, mm. which interrupted the football thing. Um, 
I am not as disappointed by the results. Uh, I'm surprised by one result because it breaks the it breaks the theory of the script. But yeah, right. That, you know, I think that was maybe on purpose. Right. You know, but uh, yeah, that's that's talk for another podcast because you guys have let us know that you're not trying to hear all that. Um, man, this week, the craziest part of my week was really at school. So, and this was what was going to be on my mind, but today's events have changed that. So, we have, and I'm just going to talk about it because it's just annoying. It's, it's becoming a situation. So, we have we have this person, and we'll just call this person the Chupacabra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm here for it. And if you ever saw this person, you would understand why I would call this person the Chupacabra. And uh, I would definitely have to get you so, uh, somebody else took a video of this person uh, yeah. from behind. And so I will have to get that video and share that with you, Damien. Okay. And when you see this video, you'll be like, oh, that's the Chupacabra, all right. Uh, so anyway, Chupacabra came to our campus uh, in this program called the, the Principal Fellows, where it's a program where people learn how to become a, a principal, and they're like understudies. They're, they're uh, interns. And, you know, they go through the whole thing and they try and they shadow a principal and learn everything and, and get involved and, you know, do research papers, and do research of the school and all this kind of stuff. Well, at the semester, we come to find out that the Chupacabra failed out of this program. Now, Chupacabra ain't told nobody. Chupacabra doesn't know that anyone even knows that they failed out of the program. Okay. But you would think that Chupacabra would be like, oh shit, I'm not in this program no more. You know what? I, I definitely, you know, I don't have this job. I'm not a principal fellow anymore. And so apparently HR told this, told the Chupacabra, well, your options now that you're not in this program anymore, you can quit or you can go back to the classroom, become a classroom teacher at the following schools. Um, so, you know, when approached with this information, Chupacabra, A, denies being out of the program. Although we all have from, from various sources. I always like to talk about sources from various sources that Chupacabra failed out of this program. Chupacabra says that Chupacabra is not out of the program. Really? Yes. And continues to come back to the school every day. And then we hear, well, Chupacabra is supposed to be at a choice of these other schools. And none of these other school options include our own school. The Chupacabra's oh. not supposed to be there. Like, not supposed to be on our campus. Oh, shoot. 
Chupacabra. How does, how does this happen? I'm sorry. Okay. Thank let you. Me tell you. Let me let you tell your story. I'm sorry. You, okay. Well, you asking the right question because, damn it, I had that question too. So Chupacabra will not go away. Chupacabra shows up every day whenever they want to, goes to the little office that they created, <laughs> which was really a supply closet, and and Chupacabra just moved everything out of the supply closet, cleaned out the room, which we needed that to be cleaned out, in all honesty. And so she's getting for- paid? I don't know. We don't know. We have no what do idea. You mean? How is this safe for students and y'all don't even know nothing? Bro, I'm telling you the situation. Because I need some I need some MNF and answers. So <laughs> Chupacabra shows up whenever Chupacabra wants to. Does whatever Chupacabra wants to do, which is usually sit in, in, in their office and do nothing. Pretending to work on papers and do homework for this mystery assignment that, for a program that they're not even in anymore. And for a long time, I have not cared because Chupacabra has not crossed my path. I had to deal with Chupacabra until this week. Chupacabra come knocking at my door. And let me tell you, Chupacabra has a distinct odor. Like Estee Lauder. <laughs> <laughs> and, and way too much Estee Lauder. And one of the things in education, like I can remember in the education class where we were told, don't wear heavy colognes and perfumes because children might be allergic to that. And it might disturb the learning environment. Well, Chupacabra didn't get this memo. Because Chupacabra overdoes it. And and really, Chupacabra does overdoes everything about their appearance. And I'm trying so damn hard to be nice. But anybody who knows who Chupacabra is, they know exactly what the F I'm talking about. And I promise you, once I send you some pictures... <laughs> you're just like you're gonna lose your shit. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is too much of a tease. How did you not have these pictures ready? I know. I thought about it, but I've been so busy with other stuff uh, that when I thought about this is what I was going to talk about, I was just like, "Damn, I should have got the video ahead of time and sent Damien some pictures, you know, to to so he would know exactly get the get the complete visual." But just think, you know, Chupacabra. And so Chupacabra came into my office trying to tell me that I needed to do some bulletin boards for Black History Month and asking me what I had planned for a Black History program. And the whole time I'm looking at Chupacabra like, bitch, are you talking to me? Like, So was oh, your what? exact response, and this is coming a little early today, guys, I apologize. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> that was the look that was on my face. For 30 minutes. For 30 minutes. The first time Chupacabra came into my office, it was a good, probably a good 15 to 20 minute conversation. But Chupacabra left like I could not see. I could not smell. My eyes watered (laughs) from this cheap, nasty Estee Lauder. And it was everything in me to not call HR and be like, excuse me, what the fuck? Why is this person still on my campus? 
why has their key card not been deactivated when we were told that this this person had two options, two other schools? And get this, Chupacabra went to one of those other schools and went in there and told them that they were there to be the a new assistant principal and uh, there were going to be some changes made. Now, Chupacabra said this once when the real principal had left the room and there were just two teachers. So Chupacabra said this to two classroom teachers that just so happened to be in a meeting with the principal. The principal had to step out and deal with something. And so when the principal came back, the teachers were just looking like terrified, like, what the fuck is this creature talking about? Why is this creature telling us why is the Chupacabra telling us that they're the new AP? Oh my so gosh. It wasn't until after Chupacabra left and the principal got back with those teachers and was just like, why are you so freaked out? Like, what in the world? And they told, they told the, te- the principal, Chupacabra said that they were our new AP and that they were coming in and they were going to change things. And so that principal called HR and said, hell no. We don't want Chupacabra on our campus. <laughs> and so we're just like, oh, no, you you can't stay here. <laughs> so it's only one campus that Chupacabra can go to. And why Chupacabra is not already there, I don't understand. So I really do need someone from MISD who I know you're aware of the situation. I know I'm talking in code and not using names, but damn it, you know where I am. You know the campus I'm on. And you also know who the hell Chupacabra is. Because y'all probably call this person Chupacabra too. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Chupacabra's key card still work on our campus? Why are they still there? And if you've told them that they need to be somewhere else, then why haven't you made that happen? And you better not be paying this person to like still be there. And so two days later, Chupacabra comes back to my office for an hour long conversation because they need to get information for the paper they're doing for their class. The magical, mysterious that they're doing for a class that they already failed out of. Chupacabra is mentally unstable. I don't get it. I'm very confused by this, by all of Chupacabra. I'm so confused. I'm, I'm, I'm actually mad, and, but I'm really concerned because anyone who would do these things, like if you fired somebody from Jersey Mike and they kept coming back every single day and like were at the slicer talking about, hey, Damien, what's going on? As if you didn't fire them, like, how would you react to that? What would you do? Well, is it my turn to soapbox real quick? Because, like, I, <laughs> that's... Yeah, like... I'm sorry. I know we're laughing about this, and it is kind of funny. But I'm sorry. How is this... How has this slipped past multiple school officials? How is this just now being brought up, and we're all the way in January? Have they been there all year? Or are they just start pulling up in January? Do, do you know? Have they been around all year? Look, they have been here. They have been on my campus since um, uh, probably 
end of October ish. Okay, so she been coming so, around but, since November, and so look, hold on, look, no, because I need to, I need to, I need to set the timeline correctly. In November, up until the end of the semester, they were the principal fellow. They were in this program. It wasn't until the break that they got kicked out of the program. Okay. And so as we started this new semester, that's when they no longer be, were was in the program and thus should have no longer been. So to answer your question, that would never, ever, ever happen at Jersey Mike's because the second a former employee ever tried to walk behind the counter of our business and all my staff knows that they are no longer employed there, my phone would be getting blown up like, why, why are they here? They're behind the counter. She's putting her apron on. She's clocking in. What am I supposed to do? And I would have it resolved within 10 to 15 minutes because I would have called the police and had her trespassed and escorted off the business. And I want to understand why a Jersey Mike's has better security than a school system that is housing our children. Preach. A school Preach. system in this state that is regularly shot up, and the only things we do about it are thoughts and prayers. Preach. Because I am seriously concerned about this person's mental health. And and like again, once you see Chupacabra <laughs> and see the way that this this person presents themselves on a daily basis, dang. It's concerning. <laughs> Next time they come into your office, you need to Facebook video call me and just put me up so I can hear the conversation. <laughs> uh-uh. What is that giggling? Time, and you hear because <laughs> the next time this person comes to my office, it's gonna be truth time. Because the next time they come into my office trying to charge me up about stuff, I'm gonna start this conversation with Look. And anytime I start a conversation with Look. I'm tired of playing. I'm tired of talking about it, and I'm just going to read you for Phil. And so the next time Trooper Copper comes in my conversation with that bullshit, it's going to start off with, look, you don't as everyone, that. As everyone knows, Courtney's is, look, and mine is a two-second pause followed by, let, let me tell you something. <laughs> that's, that's how you know y'all have effed up with us. Okay, right? That's how you know. If I start a statement with, look, Damien Sturgis was with, let me tell you something. <laughs> Just know, you fixed to get told some some, some information, <laughs> okay, that you probably didn't want to hear. And and here's the worst part about it, is everybody on campus. It's not like, like some people know, just a few people, everybody. It's okay, been well, the topic of meetings. It's been the, the talk around the water cooler. It's been the talk in the main office, in the lunchroom, the break rooms. All right. I uh, know you love and respect him to death, but then your principal is wildly failing that school. Why has he not removed her from the campus? Because our principal, and I do love him dearly. I absolutely adore my principal. I think he is a terrific leader. What he lacks where he's lacking, and I'm not the only one who feels this way, including all the way downtown, because I've had this conversation. Conflict resolution. He will avoid anything that's remotely, that could be seen as conflict. 
But this He's is I'm I'm sorry, but this is this is the equivalent of some random lady off the street putting on some fake printed badge and saying, "I'm a teacher here now." <laughs> Pretty much. Like this and is so, a, this is mind blowing. This is happening. My principal's whole thing is this is an HR issue, and they will deal with it. And I'm just like, bro. <laughs> Are you serious right now? And like I said, it was fine up until she came in my office. And I told the, I told our AP about this. And my AP told the principal because my AP understood because I told my AP the next time she comes in my office, I'm ending all of this. <laughs> the drama will be over because I'm ending all of it. And I'm letting her know that everybody on this campus knows your situation and everybody wants you gone like it is not one person on this campus that wants you to be here right now not a single person not one the the custodians the lunch ladies like nobody the kids don't like her the the fucking pre-k kids are scared of her like chupacabra gotta go Chupacabra's got to go. I'm so absolutely annoyed. And this week has just been like, it's been the the straw. It's really been the straw. I can't deal with it anymore. Um, Courtney, real quick. I'm, I'm so sorry. It's my fault. I meant to talk about something during my week. So before you transition, can I have like five, six minutes? Yeah, go ahead. Because your mind is very soft. Like, I know it's very important and I don't want to you know, okay. <laughs> Y'all remember the tea I told you about my neighbors? Oh I yeah, got, I finally drama? got I finally got conflict resolution. What happened? So I totally forget because I found out about this Friday on my way to work. I ended up being like 15 minutes late to work because of it. Um, so I'm like leaving to go out, and I see the girl, the wife, ex-wife, um, and she's like carrying a couple bags out, and I'm like, oh, you're leaving. She's like, yeah, yeah, me and Brett divorced, and I'm moving to Arizona, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'll be real with you. I heard a lot of that. I just, you know, wasn't my place. She goes, oh, oh, I'll tell you everything about that mf -er." I'm like, oh, word. (laughs) 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 Like, okay. Um, So Brandy is 38. Brett is 40. They have been together since Brett was 22 and Brandy was 21. Yeah, 30. No, 20. Two-year difference, two-year difference. Brett has had a child with a woman for 12 years. She didn't know? Did she know? She didn't know. He been... So Brett's company has a corporate office in Houston. Brett regularly goes to Houston like every two months, and he's there for like three weeks. This is known. It is factual. He is at that corporate office. He's there for like two or three weeks. He's been living with another woman while he's there. Oh, wow. Wow. I thought this was the stuff that happens in movies. Okay. She said the only reason she found out is one of his coworkers got like, I guess, like felt bad for her, and so they end up fighting her and like telling her about it. 
<laughs> I mean, that's really the gist of it. Like, she gave me a whole bunch of little details. Like, oh, and this girl, and then this, and that, whatever. But, like, oh, the blonde lady I told you I saw him leaving with, remember? I was like, maybe it's his sister or something like that. That's nah, baby mama. That's the mother of his kid. <laughs> wow. And he don't have no kid. Wait, and he don't have no kids with Brandy, right? Uh, no, Brandy's infertile. She can't have kids. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> so now he's in Houston living with mom and the baby. Although mom and the baby didn't know about Brandy, but mom and the baby were cool with it. Well, I mean, what is the, what is the 13 year old going to say about it, right? But the but blonde lady, she's cool with it. Well, because she I, won. At no, the end no, of no. the day, she won. You know what she told Brandy? Well, you have to understand that he has needs, and I know he has sexual needs, and that's what you're for, and he has parental needs, and he has the need and the want to be a man to a family, and you couldn't provide that for him, so that's what I'm here for. That's what she told her. <laughs> Which is so effed up. Wow. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's me being messy for the day, but I finally got the conflict resolution. Man. Wow. I did not see that one come. That was a lot of twists and turns. <laughs> so that's that's the end to my neighbor saga. Wow. So Brandy stay. No, no. Brandy is the one that left him and is moving to Arizona. I don't know the name of the other girl. She actually never said her name. She called her the other B word. And I'm trying to curse less on this podcast. So she was known as the other B word. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought Um, that they moved to Houston. Like he moved. He moved to Houston to live with other B and his son. So Brandy, no, Brandy moved to Arizona. She moved to Arizona. She gone. I'm about to have new neighbors. Okay, I was, that's, what I was, that's what I was getting at. So nobody's there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, yep. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, life is like a big soap opera. Life is a soap opera. It's crazy. You never know like people's drama. And I guess this is a good segue, strangely enough, into what is on my mind. And before the end of the day, what was on my mind was going to be talking about Chupacabra. <laughs> like that's that's completely what I t- planned on going off about. Um, because I still don't understand it. I, I do need some answers as to why this person is still on my case and what is it that we need to do because I'm concerned with the safety of my kids. Like this one, this person is mentally unstable. That is very clear to anyone who has encountered this person. This person is dangerously mentally unstable and does not need to be around children or any other person like in a, in a padded room with no sleeves. That's where this person belongs, um, quite honestly. Um, this morning, and we record this on, we're recording on Tuesday, 
um, January 30th, 2024. This morning, I got a text message that read that Midland City Councilman Dan Corrales uh, had passed away. <clears throat> and uh, that was really all of the information that was given. I went on to look in the Midland Reporter Telegram. There was a short order article. And it said that no cause of death was given. Um, this is really sudden. And, uh, you know, the, immediately, you know, it's just, oh, my goodness, what happened to Dan? What, what, what is the deal? What, someone who, um, Dan and I are the same age. Uh, we both graduated, I believe, in class of 96. Uh, I think he was a middle and high bulldog. I was a little rebel. Uh, of course, I did not know Dan, but uh, came to know Dan while he was running for city council at large position. And Dan and I are not, we've always, I wouldn't say that we're enemies, we're like frenemies. Um, we've not always seen eye to eye, but we've not always been just totally opposite ends of the spectrum either. Dan and I are a lot alike in that we, we vote on issues. And, you know, there are issues that brought us together. There were issues that tore us apart. Um, I didn't like the way he ran his campaign. I felt like, and I, and I just talked, we just talked about Dan um, last week when we were talking about the Hotel Santa Rita project. Um, I didn't like the way that Dan ran his campaign and that. I felt like he was pandering to the, the people in the East and South Midland. I felt like he tried to bribe everyone with gifts and giveaways rather than tell them the reasons why he why they should vote for him. Um, whatever the situation was, it was enough, and he won. He became one of the at-large positions. Um, during his time on council, it's been quite contentious. Uh, Dennis was always someone who went along with his own strength. He was not easily swayed. Once he dug in on a position, that was his position. He very rarely changed, you know, mid-conversation. Um, he would be someone who would be adamantly against something or adamantly in favor of something. Um, he very rarely had the middle ground. Uh, he vote, He spoke with passion and conviction, and uh, you know I respect anyone who who says what they say and don't backtrack. That was definitely Dan Corrales. Um, his death was very shocking to everyone. Um, City Hall is pretty shaken uh, by the news. They set up a, a, a very nice visual um, there in the City Hall. This picture on the table and flowers and candles. Um, it is a dark day for the city of Um It left the question of what happened. And there is, you know, all day, because now that we are the media, um, 
all day I've been getting information and been trying to gather it. <clears throat> Asking people and, you know, having people say, oh, I can't talk about this. I'm not going to talk about this. Or, you know, I, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Um, but there are pieces that we've been able to put together. And part of the things that one of the things I want to talk about is something that I know that I've talked about before. It is extremely difficult to live in the public eye. Uh, the ridicule is really tough. He was very much so against Hotel Sanity. Um, he was one of the two votes that was against Hotel Sanity. And he made it very public that he was not in favor of this project. Um, that opposition made him a lot of political enemies. Caused a lot of people to wish him ill. Um, they wrote all kind of nasty things to him, about him. Um, you know, make the threats. Do the things that Midlanders tend to do when they disagree with things. And I can say that from personal experience. Um, they will say things that are just downright nasty. Uh, Dan faced a lot of that, and he faced it over and over and over, issue after issue. Because, again, when he was not in agreement with something, he had no problems with saying so. Uh, he put it out there very clearly, very plainly. And Hotel Santa Rita was no different. Um, some of the new things that we've learned, uh, and you know, um, there were issues in the home life. Apparently, you know, there was a. It is alleged that just yesterday, Monday. Um, Mrs. Corrales, his wife, had filed for divorce. And um, there were some infidelity issues in the marriage. And that added on to the pressures, um, led to the untimely death of Mr. Corrales. Now, as I continue to learn information, I'm learning that what many people may have thought to be a suicide maybe wasn't a suicide and that maybe there was foul play involved. Whatever the situation is, we'll find out. You know, bad things come to light. They always do. You can't do bad and expect to get away with it. Um, while we talk about the growth of Midland, Midland is a, is, a, is a small, big city. It is a small, big town. Um, but then there, there are times like this where people who are in the public eye, uh, everybody knows about it, and everybody is well aware. Um, and people will always... Things that are hidden will come to light. Um, so we'll learn the truth about what happened in this whole situation. 
it will all come to light and it'll come to light sooner than later. Um, but here's the lesson that we can learn from all of this is that when we disagree with public figures, we do not have the right to go on personal attacks. We don't have the right to question whether or not they need to be alive. Um, people get a little vicious behind the keyboard and it's become, it's become really ridiculous. Uh, some people's skin is a lot thicker than others. Uh, I managed to survive the onslaught of ridicule that I faced on a daily basis, you know, um, during a certain period of my life over decisions that I had made that affected the city um, and had a lot of people who did not agree, probably still don't agree, and felt like they could voice it, voice their dissent and talk about me any way that they wanted to, anywhere that they wanted to, especially in public forums and in print. Um, a lot of people will say, well, as a public figure, you should take the high road and not say anything back. Hell no. And, <laughs> hell no. I adamantly disagree with that. Because if you have the nerve to say it, you can take whatever comes along with it. And if you come for me, I'm coming back for you. So I love the phrase from, uh, it was from Real uh Real Housewives of Atlanta, and uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? I can't remember. She said, "Don't come for me unless I send for you." And that became my new motto in life. If I didn't say anything about you first, keep my name at your mouth. Hmm. Now, if I said something about you and you want to clap back, fine. But just know that I'm going to clap back harder. But if I'm not messing with you, don't mess with me. Don't come for me. Uh, even if, if what I did is a decision that affects the masses, it's a public decision, it's a public policy, we don't have the right to be rude to each other. At some point, and it goes back to this whole discussion about being a Christian. At some point, Christians have to be Christians. And Christians need to learn the proper way <clears throat> to handle um, disputes. The proper way to handle disagreements. It's not with who can be uglier to who. Um, at some point, somebody's got to be the bigger me. And I'm just telling you, that's not always going to be me. <laughs> come for me, and I'm coming back to you. Uh, until you understand. And I'm going to keep coming at you until you understand that it's not cool to come after me. I'm not the one. You better pick on somebody else because it's not me. So uh, I say all of that because it's hard to not make you know all of the ridicule that Dan faced just for being someone who was trying to move the city forward 
someone who is who has been elected to represent the best interest of the city of Midland. And while that didn't always look exactly like what you wanted to look like, you know, this man always voted his conscience. And he was able to defend every vote that he gave. And for me, that's always a basic criteria. If you can defend your, your decisions, if you can defend your thought process, then who am I to question your thought process? You know what you're doing. You know what you said. Um, but it's but it leads to the same message that we've had, same message we had last week, the same message that I'm sure we'll have you know, next week and the week after. We have to be better to each other. We have to treat each other with a lot more respect than what we do. Um, we have to do better. We absolutely have to do better. And that's all I'm going to say about this whole situation. Now, I could go into more detail and maybe in, in the next episode as more details arise and they can be verified or fact-checked uh, because there are a lot more details. There's a lot more hearsay that's out there. Uh, I could go on for another 30 minutes just here talking about the things I've heard that led up to um, the actions that, that took place. But until I know for certain, I'm not going to go there as much as I want to. I love some cheesy. I love the gossip. Uh, but I want to know. I want to say. I want to know it before I say it. So uh, I feel like I've said enough on that whole issue. Um, my condolences to the Corrales family, uh, to his son that he left behind, um, to his loving family. And to all of those who were fans and supporters of Dan Corrales, there's a, a large portion of our city that is grieving heavily right now. And um, my love goes to to you all. Damien? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just as a personal, as a personal philosophy, I don't, I don't really believe in in getting into or speaking ill on someone not that you are but speaking ill or or talking about what ifs or this and that um, about someone who just passed so all i really have to say about the situation is dan was a son and a friend and a father and a husband maybe for a day or two more but a husband and his passing is gonna hurt a lot of people and i wish them the best in their grieving process and I wish his family the best in their grieving process and when we know facts and when we have certainties I'm, I'm happy to happy to talk about it but until then I just I just hope people find ways to cope and ways to grieve and move on without Dan in their lives it's an unfortunate loss you're here you're here now you gave us a teaser <laughs> yeah not too long ago I yeah. can't wait. Now, I'm, I'm, you have piqued my interest in this millennial moment. So, what, what, what is on your mind? Um, <laughs> so, as everybody knows, there is an ongoing standoff with the 
government of the state of Texas, Willy Willy Stupid Head, and um, Dementia Joe. So we just have like the two greatest public leaders going at each other right now. It's wonderful. And um, I believe that the majority of this issue started off, well, it's, it's been an ongoing thing in which, you know, there's so many cities around the country that are declaring themselves sanctuary cities and, you know, they want to bring immigrants into their cities. Um, and Greg Abbott is and the state of Texas is frankly exhausted with the massive influx of immigrants that we've received over the past year or so. And so Greg Abbott has been rounding him like immigrants from the Southern border up and shipping them off to sanctuary cities started with that. And then it moved on to Texas national guard. I think is, is, is the proper title, right? Yes. Because the word Texas National, it, it's very, but <laughs> confusing. Um, the Texas National Guard um, started putting up razor wire um, along the border, but specifically, let me look up exactly what it's called. I think it's what Eagle Pass, but let me double check. Yes. Um, but it's specifically on a two and a half mile stretch um, called Eagle Pass. Uh, and Biden and his administration did not like that, didn't approve of it, and took the state of Texas to court, to the Supreme Court, where it was ruled that that was unconstitutional or that Biden wasn't allowed to do or that Abbott wasn't allowed to do that. Um, and Abbott said, screw you, I'm doing it anyways. Um, and there has been just an ongoing standoff between the government's of Texas and the United States federal government. Um, I think some 17 or 18 states uh, ruled that they agreed with uh, what Abbott was doing and that Biden wasn't properly enforcing our law. 26 states. Good Lord. Um, And 13 of those states have sent their own guard over to help Texas, um, claiming that Biden isn't properly um, enforcing border laws, I guess would be the best way to say it. Um, Which, to be frank, I agree. Um, There is, you know, compassion is a great great thing to have. It's a necessary thing to have. Um, But, like, we we live in, in a world where you have to face realities and the simple reality is i mean we do not have the infrastructure to take in the like we do not have the infrastructure to take in the amount of immigrants that are pouring over the border on a daily basis and you know situations that people are in in other countries is bad but things aren't just amazing wonderful here either and i feel like at some point you just have to be simply practical about things what i don't think you need to do as a governor of a major state is literally quite literally play chicken with and stand off with the federal government (laughs) somebody in the situation has to act like an adult i don't know um if you want to talk speculations, I don't know if you saw this, Courtney, but there is a massive 
um, livestock chicken farm in Texas that went up in flames today, um, which is expected to take days to put out and will probably kill the entire poultry population there. So be prepared for chicken prices to skyrocket. Um, we're talking like one of the biggest chicken producers of a state. No bueno. Um, however, though, I have a friend at the border. Um, he is a member of the Texas National Guard. And I also have another friend who's in the U.S. military who's actually um, been involved with the situation as well. But my buddy who's in the U.S. military is pretty tight-lipped. My buddy who's with the Texas National Guard, um, he's basically saying that they are not planning in the slightest on standing down. According to what he's been told by his superiors, and, and this is quoting his message word for word, which he said he did not mind me sharing on the on the show because I asked him if I could. He said word for word, they've told us get ready to be here for a long time because Abbott is not standing down and it's going to take a hell of a lot for him to do that. Oh, he, he mistyped here. It's going to take a hell of a lot for him to do that. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I don't agree with Abbott's course of action here. I do also think Biden has majorly failed in the case of our border security. Um, there, there's got to be some kind of rules and regulations. There's just got to be. You can't let people pour into the country undocumented on a daily basis with a nation that's struggling to support itself. I understand we're a nation built on immigrants. We do need to let a certain amount of people in and we do need to be that you know beacon of of shining light and and yada 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 american wonderfulness but there's got to be some degree of practicality here right there's got to be some kind of a middle ground i think both sides are failing i think both sides are acting extreme and i mean it just feels i mean it feels a little we're we're what courtney like five hours from the border el paso is probably the closest and that's that's a four and a half hour drive I think so. I mean, it feels a little real. You know, Texas has always kind of feuded with the Fed, especially when it's a Democrat in office. But this time around just feels a little different and a little unique. And when you have people like Greg Abbott and Dan Patrick in office, (laughs) it just feels like things could get a little more extreme than they need to be. It's kind of where my mind is at. I hear you. Um, I just want to let me add a clarifier. Um, the whole barbed wire thing, what that is, is they've actually put barbed wire in the water. And that's what was ruled unconstitutional. And so those who were swimming across were getting trapped in the barbed wire underwater. And the court order was to cut the barbed wire un- that's in the water. Um, not that you can't have like a barbed wire fence uh, on the other side, but you can't put it in the water. Like mm-hmm. people have to be able to see that, hey, there's part, you know, you have this barbed wire. And the actual river has always been like a neutral site, a neutral ground. And so for Texas to stake its claim in the river, um, it's the part that's like, that's that's the part that the Supreme Court was just like that's too far because mm. that's not that's not actually our river for you to do that and B that's pretty inhumane to put barbed wire that people are getting trapped and dying in. Um, 
I do so I'm very torn on all of these border things and immigration in general, simply because I think that the United States looks at immigration based on who it is that's coming. Like, we don't have the same rules for Europeans that are coming over here as we do South Americans that are coming here. Agree. Um, you know, why is it that people from warring nations from Ukraine are different than people trying to escape Venezuela? It's just, it's a different standard um, that is not beneficial to either side. And that is the one thing that I would change about the immigrant. Like, if you're not going to let one group in, don't let the other group in either. Just be fair. Or if you're going to let them in, then you got to let the other people in. And if there's asylum for one, then there needs to be asylum for the other. If there are places where one side can go, uh, to get, you know, to go through the, the process, then it needs to be equal for the other people. Um, I hate the way that South Americans, that people from the southern border, are just treated like like third world citizens. Mm. While people from European nations uh, come over, or from Asian nations come over, and it's just like, oh, we're so happy to have you immigrants. Welcome to America. Um, there is definitely a disparity there. Agreed. And so that that I think that's the first thing that we have to clean up when we start talking about immigration is we have to look at immigration as a more holistic uh, approach and not just oh those awful southern border people versus the other versus Canadians who people don't want to talk about it but Canadians are coming here at a record pace and. They're not coming here with proper credentials. But nobody ever talks about the overflow of Canadians. Like, nobody ever talks about that. So, um, you know, in that whole discussion about we have to take care of us and take care of what's in the country first before we let other people in, that means, to me, that means from everybody, everywhere. Like, close, if you're going to close the borders, close all the borders, not just one part of the border. You're gonna put barbed wire, put that barbed wire everywhere. You know, put it on the on the in the what ocean is that? The Atlantic Ocean. Um, don't let anybody over here. So that part, you know, uh, I, I I don't know. Um, do we have to do we have to make sure that when people do come over that they're detained and housed in their proper places, absolutely. I think that that's what the National Board, the you know, National Guard, uh, what they are good for, what they are uh, can be used for. Um, even if it's you don't have the proper credentials, you try to come in through a port that is not the proper way, um, we're turning you around. You're not coming. Uh, let them do that. Absolutely. Let them, let the National Guard do that. Um, people who are coming across the bridge and they have a little something wrong with their paperwork and we still want to be asses to them, I'm not for that. Um, again, 
if you're not treating the other borders that way, then why are we treating these people that way? Uh, Governor Wills, in his attempt to show that he's the ruler of this land, is ridiculous. How many times are we going to let the guy in the wheelchair be the big bully, be the big bad bully to all of Texas and, and try to speak for all of us like that. You know, we tried to, he tried to bully these vouchers into our system in a way that absolutely is crippling public education. And now he's trying to double down on, you know, he's trying to stand for uh, immigration and, and, and stop the, the, the flow of, of illegals into Texas. Um, I just, I just think we're listening to the wrong guy. <laughs> Wills is not the one. Wills is just not the one. He doesn't do it for me, but I do agree. Something there needs to be a different strategy with immigration. I just wish it was holistic. That make any sense? Yeah, I agree entirely. I think the main reason, because um, I mean, I, I, I for the longest time, and you'll even hear me probably in this podcast. I know for a fact in the Oddity Arcadia podcast, and I've said for the longest time that one of my strongest personal beliefs is like, there's no such thing as a border. Like this land was created, this this earth was created without borders. We made up lines and said, "I own this." And for the longest time, I believed that. But when you look at the record number of like, it's just the, the record number of inflation, the record number of like, what's the, what is the word? Uh, I don't know the word here to properly like convey what I'm thinking, but I feel like practically speaking, as much as I don't even necessarily agree with borders, there's got to be some kind of practicality in place here. And, and the fact of the matter is there's not a standoff happening at the Canadian border right now. The governor of Minnesota isn't threatening Joe Biden, right? <laughs> there's a standoff happening at the southern border. And so, therefore, my attention is to immigration at the southern border because that's where the government's acting like, you know, they're the they're, they're a renegade. So that's where my attention's focused. Um, I do agree with you. Immigration as a whole holistically needs to be looked at and revamped and changed but just practically speaking i mean i i just don't think our company is in shape to just be taking in thousands upon thousands upon thousands of immigrants from any part of the world on a daily basis right i, I just don't practically see how we could handle that with all the instability that we have in our own country i just i don't i don't know i don't see it I don't know because to me, it's it's just different time period, same you know, different problems. Um, I think that could be saved from the very beginning, when them them, them Magna Carters and uh, the Mayflower and all them boats showed up, and I think that the Native Americans looked at this and said, "What are we going to do with all these people? <laughs> Who the hell is this? Why are they coming here?" But I feel like now, I feel like, it, and this isn't just a Joe Biden problem. This was a Donald Trump problem. Like, Trump likes to act like he was just so wonderful towards immigration. He really wasn't. Um, it was a problem with President Obama. It was really, it's really been a problem since, I would say, Clinton. Just from the research I've done leading up to this, um, when all the sports have started happening. But it's just, 
the process of bringing people in, getting them here legally, making them citizens quickly and efficiently, getting them to be productive, like citizens in the workforce and stuff, like has greatly diminished. Like it, it's almost like we make it impossible for the for anyone to become a citizen. Like becoming a citizen in this country is so difficult, and we have people who are desperate just to start a life here, and we make that like so freaking hard to obtain. And so it just leaves you in this weird little spot where it's like, what do you do? Like our immigration system just doesn't make sense. And, and when you look at the way we did it, that some bill was passed. I don't remember if it was very end of Bush senior or kind of beginning of, of Clinton, or maybe it was around the time when Gingrich got into office, but we, you know, our immigration bills made it so hard for people to become citizens. And that's where I say, I don't think our country's in shape to take in so many people because the way we do, it makes no sense. And we don't yeah. know who's coming into this country. Yeah, the process we don't know. is definitely flawed. Yeah, the process is very flawed. It, it, it takes it it takes too long, and it's not matching the flow of immigration. We're getting yeah. far more immigrants than we can process. But then, at the same time, as long as we want to pretend like we're the world police go and be in everybody else's business and not really solve anything, it's going to continue to be the problem. Yeah, so absolutely. To a, you know, one thing leads to another. As long as we want to go and try and fix everything for everybody else, why wouldn't they run over here? Yep. I mean, I, I my original Millennium Woman, I was, I was going to rant about basically that. <laughs> but then the border really started popping off and it, and it caught my attention quite a bit. And I mean, it just, I don't know. It, it, it just, there's so many different ways you, you would have to like, it needs so much work. I mean, it really does. It's, it's for and, people and, with smarter minds than my own. Well, it's one of those things where I don't think anyone's come up with a clear solution. Um, you can't, you just can't, close a border. You can't completely shut it down. Um, again, if you do one, then you got to do them all. And I just don't see that happening. We will never shut the border to Canada. Um, we will never stop European immigrants from coming over. We will never stop Asian immigrants from coming over from the two coasts. So it, it's not anything that's going to stop. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think it can. But we we definitely need a better system of process, and then we need a better system of what do we do with the people as we process, and then what do we do with the people who don't pass, whatever our requirements are. Where do they go? And then where are the people who do pass? Where do they go? So you know, we have to figure those things out so that we can kind of make a system that works. But right now, it ain't working. And putting barbed wire in the Rio Grande is not Yeah, it's That's inhumane cool. as well. Yeah. It's inhumane. That's cool. That's cool. <sighs> Agreed. Such is the world under Governor Wheelie Wheelie Stupidhead. Yes, your boy, Wheelie Wheelie. That's not my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid.
boy. Your your uh, text is still gone in the Hall of Fame, by the way. <laughs> I guess. I guess. You know how I feel about Wills. Oh, oh, man. Oh, man. That had me rolling. Had he, that's the way he rolls. <laughs> uh, there is a rec- I have a recommendation for this. I got a sermon that was pre and I don't have her name and I'm afraid to scroll on my phone, but I will post a link to this sermon when I post um, about this particular episode. This is about an hour long sermon that was done at the National Baptist uh, Convention. And this woman spoke a message that right now has the Baptist church stunned and confused and not knowing where to go. Because the, basically the message talked about a lot of what we talked about last week. And that's being a real Christian. And what being a real Christian looks like and what it doesn't look like. And it's such a poignant and powerful message. It's not full of sermon. I mean, it's not full of scripture. It's just, you know, it's a very logical conversation. And uh, I apologize for not remembering her name. I should have written it down before we started. So that would have that right at the top of my head. But it is just just such an incredibly powerful uh, sermon. And I'm going to put it in, like I said, I'm going to put it on my Facebook so that everyone can see it. I'll put it on my, my, uh, my Instagram as well. But uh, it is so powerful. And like I said, church leaders are, don't know what to do with it because it's saying, basically it's condemning the things that they preach about. They've made, you know, their their careers over preaching at people about. And she's just like, no, y'all are doing this wrong. This is not God at all. And so, uh, you know, there are people who are mad. There are people who are glad. Mm. But it is uh, an absolutely powerful sermon. And I strongly recommend that everyone needs to listen and provide some feedback. Do awesome. you have any recommendations this week? I don't. Nope, not this week. I'm pretty pretty recommendation free. Anything else you want to cover this week? Mm. A relatively short episode. Um, no, I really I don't I don't think I have anything. Nope, I'm all good to go. Good. That way I can Get to this uh, video, the Chupacabra. Send <laughs> <laughs> you some stills because the Chupacabra is on Facebook too. I've seen pictures. No. Yeah, I got yeah. Let me tell you the, the the Facebook pictures do tell the tell the story a little bit, especially in the the front facial makeup. Oh no. Oh man, it's Chupacabra's a lot. How old is Chupacabra? Chupacabra is about Chupacabra might be about 
characters. Okay. But Chupacabra wears about 10 layers of makeup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just gave you guys the gender. He was trying to avoid it all episode long. <laughs> hey, anybody can wear makeup. Touche. Touche. All, all people. <laughs> Chupacabra definitely wears makeup. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's where you see this bitch from behind. You're just going to be like, what the holy fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's surprising. It is surprising. But anyway, good folks. We will wrap this episode up. I think this is episode 80. Episode 80. And uh, as always, we appreciate every single one of you for listening. Uh, we always value your feedback. Thank you for giving us such strong feedback in last week's episode. Um, for first day listens, it, it broke a record. Um, it has so many you know, people who are interested in hearing what we had to say. I'm still very interested in, in listening to what we have to say on that particular issue. I hope that you'll find, you know, this one just as, as exciting. Um, I hope that you will share, uh, like, and subscribe to our page. Um, give us feedback on our Facebooks, wherever we have this, the, the links posted. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your commentary. We want to hear your thoughts. Um, I'm sure I'll get a lot of heat for putting business out there um, mm-hmm. but I, I I tell what I know and I tell what I've been able to verify and just imagine I put it like this imagine what I did not tell you because there is a lot that I did not say I better so, get a follow up uh, phone call right there's a lot that I did have not I did not say about the situation so um, I know that things will reveal itself in due time and just know that that yeah, oh yeah, of course you did say there was one. Um, as always, good Canadians, we appreciate you're, you. You're fine. Listening. Yeah, you're cool. Uh, I would never want to keep you guys from the United States. We love you, Canada. Y'all are y'all are the good neighbors to the north. Um, you provide us with maple syrup and Canadian bacon, and we love you for it. And uh, so thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, everyone, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. You can find us, you can find us on Instagram at waitwhatpod22. And if there's nothing else, then we will catch you next time. Later.